<laughs> nice. Although, yeah. apparently the writers have been listening to our podcast because uh, she totally said, oh, what a nerd. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, in the episode, she's, when, in reference to Clark, where he names all of his uh, Oh, that's yeah. right. That's or right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, what a nerd. And I'm like, what? That's what I say. <laughs> Movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco. And third year too. Proudly brought to you by GWW Radio. Welcome to Scene and Nerd. Uh, at the end of another fun, long television week is done, and we're here to talk about it all with you. Uh, I'm your host, Pacey Pete. Alongside always is Miss Sarah Belmont. Hi, I'm here. I'm alive. I survived, but it's hiatus, so I don't like it. You survived Arrow, huh? I survived. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that, and let's get the elephant out of the room. Felicity's hair was on point this episode. <laughs> oh, it totally was. <laughs> I was like, yo, let me get some of that hair. <laughs> oh, too funny. Um, uh, Mr. I'm Selzy. Speaking of hair, uh, purple mohawks. Shout outs to everyone who knows what I'm talking about. Purple mohawks. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? I forgot to throw that in there. We'll definitely say a little something about the... Uh... Just, just purple mohawks. That's all you need to say about it. <laughs> all good. Code word, okay? Code word. You're right. Um... Okay, and uh, we have a gas quiz back with us. How are you doing, a gas quiz? Good, very good. How are you guys? We're great. Good to have you back here, man. <clears throat> oh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Uh, so we're going to get real quick into redactions. Matt, do you have anything for us this week? Uh, no, no redaction this week. We were um, pretty good. I just like to redact my terrible microphone quality from last <laughs> week. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, he's since returned from Earth-12, and he's back in Earth-1, so... Good to have him back in Earth One with the regular Mike, Mike uh, Matt. I was gonna call you Mike, Mike. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. Mike, Mike. English, is hard. English yeah. is hard. Mike, Mike, um, and Hockey Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, so let's get into the new movies this week. So uh, we got In the Heart of the Sea. That's at forty-six percent on the tomato meter. The Big Short. That's at eighty-six percent on the tomato meter. And Don Verdane. Verdine, I can't pronounce that. I don't know what that is. Uh, that's at 38% on the tomato meter. Uh, on Blu-ray, we got Knock Knock, The Transporter Refueled, Ant-Man, and Minions. So that is what is on the big screen and the small screen. So go check them out. What the frack is The Transporter Refueled? I believe it's a TV show. I, <laughs> I know they did a TV show of The Transporter on <sighs> Spike, I think. I'm not sure, but... Uh, I, I have a feeling that's what that is. So I don't. Okay. I know there was there was talk about rebooting the transporter or doing more right. sequels or whatever. But and I guess this is what it turned out to be. So okay. um, so yeah, that's what that's. Yeah, what it, it, it was supposed to be a television show, I think, and then they turned it into a uh, into a movie instead. Sure. And it's it stars um, uh, Ed Ed Skrein, I guess. That is his name. Okay. I'm I'm hard pressed to think of a movie franchise that that needs to be more over than the Transporter. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's it's definitely Transformers. Done. Anyone? What? Okay, moving on. Okay, let's let's go. <laughs> Dang, not even like, letting the gas please finish a sentence. Dang. That's hardcore opinion right there, Sarah. Um... I didn't say anything. I take it back. I redact it, Matt. <laughs> 
Not until next week. You can't redact till next yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Damn it! Um, all right, so uh, since Casey's not here today, as you can see, uh, we're here. not going to... Oh, not here. You can hear it. Yes, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> um, we don't have any inter- entertainment news, but I wanted to really quickly talk about the Golden Globes because those were just announced uh, this past week, as well as the uh, SAG nominations. Um, but uh, Golden Globes, uh, if you listen to our show for a long time... Um, we talk a lot about Mr. Robot, and that was that was uh, amazingly nominated three times: best TV show drama, best actor, and best supporting actor for Remy Malek and Christian Slater. So, congratulations to those guys. That show is well deserving of that nomination. The um, Gaskies, you ever get a chance to check out Mr. Robot? Uh, no, no, dude. You you keep me too busy with the homework for the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, never. See, you got a break now, so you got time. That's true. That's true. I, I think Sarah. I think Sarah used the word hiatus, and there's yeah. just a. There's no such thing. And, and b. If there is, we call that the show hole now. Exactly. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what Amazon calls it. Um. Well, I think we all know. Like everything comes back the week of the twenty first, only because they they do the re- they do the uh, commercials for Legends of Tomorrow like every five minutes, which is totally fine. Sure. And right, it, well, it does remind me that oh, that's when everybody's coming back. Uh, but yeah, well, but, The Walking Dead comes back a week early, right? On the fourteenth. Uh, yeah, February fourteenth. That's correct. So we're in a major hiatus because even Agents of Shield isn't back till March, but Agent Carter is the placeholder for that. So, um, so that should be good. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about Mr. Robot being nominated. Uh, Sarah, I know you are just as fanatical, if not more fanatical, than I am about Mr. Robot. So, are you pretty happy Wait, to show? see them recognized for uh for the for the nominations? I'm sorry, what show is this? A Mr. Robot? Like, never heard of it. Yeah, nice try, sir. Okay, <laughs> no. No, it, it's it's good, and I'm I'm glad that they're getting recognized. I just don't have that much of a high opinion about the Golden Globe, so where are the Emmys for that show? That's what I'm looking forward to, because they should sweep that. I think that won't be till later, later on. Um, I think Pete, the Emmys are afterwards. Pete, did you hear um, in the news recently... Um, going aligned with these nominations and this recognition, they also said that Sam Esmail, who's the showrunner for Mr. Uh Robot, next season is going to direct all 10 episodes. Wow. Yeah. Now, he directed a few. Um, I looked up on IMDb that he directed three, um, one of the best episodes, episode six even, and even the ninth episode, which... Actually, is even better than episode six. So I have f- faith in him. Now I'm a bit concerned that he's going to be overstretched, writing, directing, producing, yeah. like all those hats. And I'm afraid also that he's going to be surrounded by people who aren't going to say no to him. Like if you get too many yes people on your team, then you you just you lose sight and you don't have anybody else helping you. And it just... It, it's never ended well for anybody who's done that. But I still have faith in the show because season one was just, oh, my God. It's it's that's, so entertaining. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so so what, what service carries this? Or is this on a cable network? It's or? on USA. USA. Okay. All right. <clears throat> yeah, um, that's part of the reason why it had, like, such a surprise to everybody. Because USA, you wouldn't expect, really, to find this type of show. And the trailer for it. 
I I watched it and at first I didn't really want to watch the show because it just seemed very cookie cutter. But then once you start watching and things unfold right before your eyes, you're like, this is pretty amazing. And they, I've written plenty about this show to know that they pay attention to details. It's ridiculous. Anybody, anybody take drugs on that show to gain superpowers? <laughs> that just seems yes. to be a recurring theme. Well, Elliot is a drug addict. <laughs> he's he's in the, he's a in denial drug addict is what he is. Because uh, okay. he thinks that it's really funny actually because he takes like a certain amount of cocaine and he thinks that if he as long as he takes just a little bit he doesn't pass a, across the threshold of becoming an addict. But he does it all the time. So that's that's a little funny, but. But it, it works in the story, so you don't get too mad at it, I guess. Right. He yeah. even takes drugs to offset the effects of the morphine. He's a really smart you guy. You know what cures drugs? More drugs. <laughs> because I'm logical like that. Logic. That's like, like I used to drink Red Bull after uh, getting drunk until I just started putting the Red, Hall, Red Bull in with the alcohol and skipping the middleman. Yeah, I think so. That's a good idea. Um, Matt, do you have any thoughts on uh, Mr. Robot being nominated? I know you're a big fan of that show as well. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm really stoked that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Christian Slater and oh, I'm blanking on his name, the lead actor Remy Malik. Yeah, uh, they're both nominated. But is the the show? Yes. Is it nominated as well? So all three. All three. The trifecta. So that's good. I'm really happy about that. Um, uh, I'm really stoked to see what's happening for the next. I didn't know that um, the showrunner Sam Esmail is going to do the directing for next season. So you threw me a curveball with that, Sarah. I'm like thinking now all the possibilities. <laughs> so um, for like shot design and stuff like that, because it's easily one of the best parts of the show. Not only is it well written, but well directed. So yep. um, and it looks very, very pretty and unique. Very, very so. Um, Man, yeah, I'm just blown away by all this attention. I don't know if you guys saw. I don't mean to segue into something else, Pete, but I just want to mention um, uh, best motion picture, picture um, Mad Max Fury Road's in there, and I'm super yeah. happy about that. Usually, it's like, I mean, it's not like the Oscars were only like kind of like stuffy, like um, like meta movies about movies get nominated. I'm really happy to see like an action movie, like a smart action movie, Mad Max, um, get nominated for best picture for a drama. So. Yeah. Pretty cool. And also, uh, the best actor in a drama category is going to be very interesting because you got Rami Malik of uh, Mr. Robot, uh, Leah Schreiber, who was amazing in Ray Donovan this past season. Uh, you got Bob Odenkirk, uh, Better Call Saul, uh, John Hamm for Mad Men. And then I can't remember his name, Sarah. I know you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, or I'm going to be wrong. But the, one of the actors from um, Narco got nominated for... Uh, for best actor in that show, I can't remember which one, which lead actor it was, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's. I know that you were pretty high on that show as well. No, 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 no. No, you weren't. Okay, never mind, <laughs> never mind. I will redact that statement. Then. Uh, redact it now. Okay, redact it now. This is why I don't have any redactions. Because <laughs> we just do it on the fly. I need a new segment. Um, so uh, I, I wanted to ask you guys though. We're uh, I'm looking at a list of the nominees. I don't know if you guys had a chance of it, but the full list. Were there any any of them that you're surprised got nom- uh, got nominated besides like like surprised in a bad way? Like oh, why are they on there? Um, I wasn't surprised my much. Uh, I was I I I don't watch Empire. My wife does, and so I kind of just am there when she has it on. Care- careful, uh, careful. <laughs> 
no, no, I'm not going to bash it or anything. It's just not. It's just not my show. Uh, okay. But uh, but I was I was I thought it was interesting that that got nominated. I like I said I don't pay attention. Maybe I will now because it got nominated. So maybe I will take a little more interest in it. But um, that kind of surprised me because that's I, I that's one of those shows that had it's. It's on Fox, and a lot of times when a Fox show does well for a season, it has a terrible, there's a, there's a terrible trend of it doing terribly the second season. So I guess what I'm saying is it's good to see that it's not, it's not uh, going down that path of of looking like it's even going to get canceled. It's probably going to get renewed thanks to this domination. I mean, um, if a Fox show even gets a second chance, you know, second season for a chance, <laughs> Firefly. But uh, you know, um, <laughs> I was surprised that really Scott was nominated. I mean, for The Martian. I don't know if you guys end up watching that movie. Yeah. It wasn't like, I mean, it was a nice movie. It was super charming, but it was really just being pulled by Matt Damon, and I don't really see. I don't know. Maybe they ran out of directors or something. Like, I mean, really, Scott's a genius. I, I mean, not genius. But he's 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 really good. You know, don't get me wrong, but I didn't really see the composition like like that striking to be nominated for a Golden Globe. But that I mean, I, that's just my opinion, I guess. Well, I, I have a question for you guys. I don't know. Have all you guys seen The Martian? Uh, I, I have not. Okay. Um, okay. For those of you that have, it got nominated under the best comedy category. Right. Uh, I think that's why? super accurate. Be honest. Really? Was it? I mean, I didn't see it. So, is it funny? Is it that funny? Or I mean, what? Oh, I was laughing throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I, honestly, it, yeah. Oh, it's really? Surprisingly funny. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't a drama because that's. I guess in the trailers, it's built up and marketed as a drama. Well, you know, lately in the market, you see more of these films or TV shows that you can't really classify as being one thing. And I think that's because viewers, they don't necessarily like watching a show that just hits one note or a movie that, that be it. So you have to hit all these notes. So there are dramatic parts of the Martian. I mean, very dramatic parts. There's action in the Martian. And then there is that comedy flavor to it. Looking back at the Golden Globes and like looking at what's defined as a comedy or a musical, like Joy is in that category, if I'm not mistaken. Very confused about that, too. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, like I said, I don't have that much. I don't like the Golden Globes that much. I don't give it that much weight or like, like, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was saying, like it's it's skewed to like they want to put in movies, but it's like the people like like making the list of nominations like obviously can't have like ten drama movies. So if they laugh at any point during you know like more than some other um, they'll put it in like a in a comedy one. Or if they had one musical segment, they'll put it in the musical. Right. And, comedy. and right. it's so confusing. I mean, like yeah, like you know there's like genre blending but like at the same time it's like you kind of see that they wanted to give notice to certain movies but they didn't know where to put it so or they they want more stars to attend the show because the golden globes put on puts on a better show than the oscars so they just want to fill the seats and fill the crowd with as many stars as they can get that's true yeah there is that too yeah because you do have the breakdown of best drama and best comedy or musical mm-hmm. categories. So you have, you can stretch things out. Like, Amy Schumer's nominated for uh, Trainwreck. 
Um, and so is Trainet Trainwreck for best comedy. Yeah, and and I I I mean I don't know I've been seeing Trainwreck, but I have so many contenders. I don't I I don't think I'm going out too much on the limb and saying it's probably not going to get nominated for best picture at mm. the Oscars. So what I'm saying is, I guess my point is, they do that to like Sarah says, like attract more stars to come out to the to the red carpet. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, there, there were a couple. Or one or two surprises for me. I, I guess maybe I didn't pay attention to the credits. I think this is all like like Screen Actors Guild union oh, okay. stuff. But like, so Idris Elba is nominated for best performance by an actor, yeah. but it's in a support, but it's a supporting role. I'm like, well, who the hell was the star of that movie? Because like, no one else had any speaking lines of consequence. The kid. In Beast the of No Nation, but we we talked about that. That you know, he. I don't know. I, I mean, I thought that movie was all Idris Elba, and, like, everybody else was just window dressing. Well, I mean, a supporting actor can still, like, hold and anchor a film, but it was really the kid's story. And Def- Idris Elba just... His... Yeah. Yeah, definitely his story. I just... Uh... And then the only other thing I wanted to say... Well, the only thing that I know to say right now is, uh, is there any way any animated feature film wins out over Inside Out? No. No, I, I haven't seen any of them, but I don't know how any other animated movie can be Inside Out. Like right. that, to me, they got lock. If there's any movie to put your money on, it's Inside Out. That, that okay. movie's going to take everything it's in. Um, uh, but I'm looking at the list in front of me. Um, it Do they specifically say supporting role in one of them? Because I see him listed for Luther under best performance by an actor in a miniseries. Well, that's, that's, tel- that's miniseries. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay, I must have missed him in the list then. Never mind. Redacted. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're act- uh, I didn't see anything else I was surprised at. Um, I'm happy shows that I watched, like Veep, Silicon Valley got nominated, Game of Thrones got nominated. Uh, what else? I can't think of anything much else. I was I was disappointed that Parks and Rec didn't get any love, especially Amy Poehler. Um, I thought she pre- pretty damn well this season, so... Um, I'm I'm disappointed about that, but for the most part, I mean, the, uh, sorry, go ahead. Be. Oh, I was just, everything else seemed pretty seemed pretty good uh, as far as what uh, what I saw. Um, and like I said, all the money's on Mr. Ro- Mr. Robot winning and Inside Out. So, all right. So, anything else I want to add, or can we uh, move on to the next section? I was gonna say, if you look at the list for best television series and comedy and musical, um, for <laughs> what is it? Uh, Four out of the six are either or are online content, so Hulu or Amazon or Netflix. Oh, that's, that's pretty nice. interesting. I'm glad nice. you brought that up because it's funny because uh, actually something that somebody put up on Twitter, uh, what was it? Uh, a certain actor has more nominations than NBC. It's funny because NBC's hosting the Globes, but they have zero nominations in oh, any get, category. Yes, <laughs> right. That's just so bad. Um, that's just so bad. And I'm sure, and the the hilarious part is Ricky Gervais is hosting it, and I love whenever he hosts because he just roasts everybody in the room. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's he's definitely not going to let that go overlooked, so that'll be fun to watch. Um, so yeah, that'll that'll do it for our Golden Globes segment. We're going to get into some TV talk this week, as there was a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to kick things off with Supergirl, uh, and I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I'm going <laughs> to get straight to the reveal because that was. Probably the coolest thing that they've done this season, I think. Um, and that was the reveal that Hank Henshaw is the Martian Manhunter. Um, 
I know that we speculated a long time ago as to who he could be. There was an explanation of who Hank, Shaw, Hank Henshaw was and who he is in the comics, but clearly they've gone a different route, and, and he is uh, the Martian Manhunter, John Jones. Um, Agascles, uh, let's start off with you. You haven't been here in a while. What did you think of that reveal and, and how it affects the show moving forward? Um, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, Trying to process gotta, everything? No, I just got to get myself composed because I even I even got chills even when you said you know the big reveal. I, so I, I don't know if anybody saw my tweet, but um, but Martian Manhunter is my absolute favorite comic book character of all time. Like above above any you know any character, maybe arguably in any genre. Um, so, so when that happened, uh, I was, <laughs> I was very emotional, um, that that was the reveal. Uh, and, and that character, as far as I know, that character has never been on any, um, on any picture screen, you know, small tube or big. Uh, so. Well, they attempted it once, but it uh, was very, very minuscule. Was that, uh, was that the horrible, like, like 1980s or early 90s? No, like no, just... Smallville. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Smallville, okay. he. I mean, is the character was there as John Jones as a human okay. in human form, okay, but okay. he the one time they tried to, you know, I think he got shot or something, and really quickly he morphs into the Martian Manhunter. It's like really brief, and you might like geek out about it for like a second, but it right. doesn't even come close to what they did here. Okay, so it's kind of like a cameo on Smallville yeah, or whatever. In a, in, in a sense, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, I like. I, what, what was the question, even? How did I feel about it? How, how do you feel about it, and how do you feel about it moving forward, and how to, it's going to affect the show? Um, I think it's awesome. It, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if now that they've had the reveal, if he remains in that position as director of the DEO. Um, you know, I, I, I get it as past history. I have a hard time seeing that as a as a stick in continuity, but maybe I just haven't thought through it the whole way. But it's it's... it's I mean, because his, his whole thing, I guess, has been up to this point, has been to remain, um, you know, for that to remain an extreme secret. I mean, to not even reveal himself to any part of the world as the Martian Manhunter. Um, but I, I guess, I guess, probably what I think is that there will be some story arc, uh, maybe not this season, maybe in the next season or something of uh, of Supergirl getting him. Yeah. So yeah, I guess, I guess that's what I think. I guess there'll be there'll be some story arc of. Um, of the reveal getting to her because right now she doesn't know, mm-hmm. um, and and Alex has been promised to secrecy, so so that'll probably be a background story thing, um, and then probably there will be um, some tension between he and Supergirl of Supergirl asking him to to come out right to reveal to the world mm-hmm. that that he's this thing and that he's there to help. So and then maybe get to see him transform into a superhero rather than you know being this this. You know, covert director of a government agency. Now, now, now that we have the reveal of who he really is, and and how you know uh, he feels about you know Kara and, and Alex's father, and and he has the secret. He knows what really went down with the, with the father. Sarah, what do you think uh, this does to uh, the dynamic of you know Alex knows, but Kara doesn't. Uh, so there's going to be this hostility on one side where Alex is kind of going to always pull her back. Do you think that's going to be a problem? going forward with these characters having these kind of mixed emotions on what they really know know versus what they don't know I really don't know how to answer that question 
<laughs> but I did want to say something because as Agastocles was talking, um, he drew a very interesting parallel between Martian Manhunter and Kara and the fact that they're both like the um, aliens and he's the last remaining one. She, of course, has her cousin, but she still feels just as isolated and alone in her own right. So it's very interesting. But the differences between them is she's out and about and owning it in a sense while he's still in hiding. So to really develop that dynamic, that actually intrigues me a whole lot more um, after hearing that. And so thank you. (laughs) But um, I, you know, secrets, I think because we watch so much TV and we're just enamored with it that we'd come to sort of have a love-hate relationship with secrets between characters on shows, but they are points of conflict. And you, there, there's also dramatic irony with them and um, situational irony, which goes back as far as Shakespeare. So I don't think we can just say that it's, it's little and why are they doing this? Or it's, it's just really annoying to just put these two characters at odds and everything. But I, I think it's just going to, if they do the development right and really explore the parallels between Martian Manhunter and Kara, then that can last like a two seasons. So I hope by the end of it, Kara knows. And then we can see in season two, that relationship develop. That would be a nice season two arc. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> Matt, what did you think of uh, the big Martian Manhunter reveal? Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Martian Manhunter. Um, after they kind of um, showed him in Smallville, I did some digging. I didn't get to do any real like reading in the comic books, but I remember I was really excited to read about his backstory and like his development as a character in the universe. Um, so um, I got spoiled. Uh, by Twitter, but I'm not blaming them. It's my own fault for not watching it live, so I don't care. Um, so I was like, oh, they're going to have a big reveal at the end of the episode. That's cool. Oh, oh, it's Martian Manhunter. That's pretty cool. And I thought the picture everyone was posting was not from the episode. I thought it was like just like some promotional thing. And when it came to the actual episode, I was expecting full costume makeup mm-hmm. and actually like, you know, someone done up and looks not like a video game in live action. Um, he looks dope, but if he was in a video game, it would be awesome. I was really disappointed that they didn't do any costume makeup for Martian Manhunter, because I think they have a big enough budget to do it, and um, if they're going to bring him into this world, I think they could have done at least that. I mean, sure. it's kind of hard to do, you know, um, oh shoot, what's his name? The uh, sh- the the street shark from Flash. Um, King Shark. King yeah, Shark. King Shark, yeah. It was... <laughs> It's a little hard to do that, but they could have done like some costume makeup for Martian Manhunter. So I don't know if they did so, that for a certain reason. Someone shed some light on that, I guess. So Matt, were you, I, I'm, I'm not. So I mean, I mean, because I posted a picture on on Twitter that was a cut from the show, and his his costume in the reveal is definitely not what it is in the comics. Um, and I thought about that, and I was like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if like bare chested Martian with um, bondage looking kind of straps cro- across his chest really works in the 21st century right um, so yeah it, it definitely wasn't his kind of comic book costume um it's a little more akin to like the new rendition but I, are you 
are you saying you felt he wasn't in costume at all, or are you saying you wanted to see him in kind of the comic book costume? No, I, I wanted to see... Wait, like, his face looks so CG. Like, was that a real person on screen? Or am I missing okay. it? Okay. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah I don't... like, they made him on, like... That wasn't someone in makeup, right, essentially? That's what you're saying. I don't right. know, actually. I, you know, I can't answer that fully because I don't... I don't... Does anybody know? Because that's, that's, that's actually a very uh, good looked, question. Like, super-duper so fake. So if he was in makeup, then good job, because they made him look not real. Like an alien, so that's I guess mission accomplished. But if they completely created the character, like you know, it wasn't a person in makeup. I'm like a little disappointed by that. But I mean, he still looks cool, and it does make sense. I mean, they wouldn't have the the X straps over him. There's 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 enough awesome abs on the show given from Jimmy Olsen. So you know, they don't want to shadow his abs. That's so, a good one, man. Like that's a good can one. We, yeah. Can we can we, talk, can we talk about that Jimmy Olsen though? That's oh, cool. he, were those snap buttons, or did he rip his shirt? That's what it was. He had time to unbutton his shirt, but he decided to rip it off. We've seen that before. <laughs> now, I don't hate on him, but just a little bit this episode, I was like, dude, seriously, you have to use your shirt to make a sling? Like, you know, could there be not be some other reason that you needed to, you know, bear your... You know, I mean, he wasn't bare-chested. He had the, the tank top on, but but that dude, like, if if... And this, I hope this doesn't sound sexist. Maybe it will, but I, I guess I'm thinking like, if ever there was a, a a show that rewarded women for watching by having eye candy, um, you know, kind of like you know, like guys are marketed to, then then this show definitely does it. That, that dude is, that dude's on point, as Sarah would say. <laughs> hey, Calista Flockhart looks awesome, so that's my eye candy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> She does after all these years, you know. It's like she just walked off Ally McBeal. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but let's talk about the story a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we have Kara losing her powers. You know, we've seen that many times. Uh, Sarah, did you like that story-wise? Did you like that? Uh, they, you know, we've seen Barry lose his powers. Uh, did you find any parallels there? Or did you think it was a good story overall and how they kind of, she kind of had to find different ways to save the city? So, I was, I'm trying to find, because while I was watching, something did click, um, in the sense that this is the first time that I've watched a Supergirl episode, where she felt so much more human to me, in a strange way, and she was human for a day, go figure, but she, she just had this, there, there was this idea that, I like that line that Wynn says to her at, towards the end of the episode where um, they, they're at conflict with one another. And she says, I know you're disappointed in Supergirl. And he, he's like, no, 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 I'm disappointed in you. And I'm never disappointed in Supergirl. Which reminds you in this much more subtle way, the idea that she needs to start separating herself from Supergirl just as much as she needs to separate herself from Superman because she's still Kara and she needs to understand that identity just as much as understanding understanding what who Supergirl is and who that icon is. And so to really see the dual identity at work, that was really interesting to me, and I hope that they f- explore that further. Um, 
So that that's something that I thought was really interesting in lieu of having her lost, lose her powers for so long, for a few days. I think it was three. So Sarah, I don't I don't know if you watched um, Buffy, but did you? I mean, did you or, or any of you guys have watched? Buffy, did any of you guys feel that the the wind scenes around him catching her with Jimmy were a little kind of Xander, and the way he would just get like really mean jealous when uh when he would get frustrated with like buffy dating angel and so i saw this movie earlier this year called the last five years with that actor jeremy jordan jordan jeremy or something he has like this weird double name and um anna kendrick which is why i watched it and he's a complete ass in that movie so that's all i see (laughs) Sometimes, even though I like his character, it's the actor where I'm just like, I remember you from that two hour movie in which you were a complete jerk. I hate you. <laughs> but, so it's hard for me to separate him from that. I, I've seen Buffy. Um, I got a little bored, but I've seen at least the first two seasons and bits and pieces. I've, I've seen Angel, too. But yeah. OK, um, now talking actually a little bit about when, uh, you know, we got the whole like uh love triangle thing going on um matt do you do you see some parallels with uh him and like cisco how they're not getting the girl i mean i've always i kind of consider when to be a poor man cisco but uh do you think do you do you feel bad for win because he's like right there he's catching he's catching kara and jimmy at the most odd moments you know probably the moments he probably would rather not see um, not that they're being like full on intimate, but just you know moments that he doesn't have with Kara. Do you feel bad for him? Do you want him to end up? I, um, what do you think about that? <laughs> I would have loved it if he would have just said word for word Felicity's line, like "Oh, that's awkward" or something like that from the crossover. Oh, I forgot what she said. It's just I'm super blind. I even wrote it down, I, or I didn't write it down, but yeah. <laughs> Like he keeps he keeps running into them in those same exact moments. Just oh, this is super awkward and taken out of context. And I realize that, so I'm gonna go away now and be really sad. Um, he is kind of like the poor man Cisco. I agree, but uh, uh, in in the sense that he's the audience is like we're supposed to be in his shoes. I feel like like we want to help Supergirl. You know, we're not we're just some regular person working in a thing who friend. Was like, right. hey, by the way, I have superpowers. So, um, and we're just being really, um, what's it called? Oh, my phone. Uh, we're just being really, uh, supportive, um, and want to help out as much as we can. Um, I, I guess I don't really enjoy the, I'm not convinced on the love triangle thing yet. Yeah. It's just a lot of unrequited love in all ways. The, the only missing piece is Jimmy Olsen liking what's his face poor man cisco that would have just created that circle of of trying or whatever triangle whatever um isn't there a theory that win is going to become a bad guy at one point like his name references something like i want to say the to- toy maker or the yeah. toy something um oh, that I, I, no. I, I only know this from from smallville and that's uh winslow shot in Smallville continuity was the toy maker. So when I heard he got cast as Kara's friend, I was like, that's interesting because mm-hmm. at least I know from that he's a bad guy. So does he turn into a bad guy? So we, I mean, that is interesting that we don't know that. And I think they even announced that we're going to see the toy maker on Supergirl at some point this first season. So I, 
maybe that and the name is why there's these theories out there about well, it. I, but I want to say that his dad got cast in the show. Okay. So it makes me wonder. So when I heard his dad got cast in the show, it made me wonder, like, is are they going to make him the toy man instead? So it just, you know, total, you know, bunch of theories ran through my mind. Uh, Be- because that. you you can totally see when going bad at some point, or is that just me? Well, I mean, <laughs> I if, if, if he keeps getting the, the if he get, keeps getting friend zoned and, and which would be side, which would might. be the lamest thing, maybe that just hits too close to home for me. But it would be the oh. lamest thing if it's like that. Like, just because you keep getting friend zoned doesn't mean you're going to be super jealous for the like forever and go evil. Like, I would be really sad if there's this crazy story arc dealing with his dad and him taking up his dad's mantle right. for some crazy reason. That would be mm-hmm. super cool. I can see that happening. Yeah, and then they would have wonderful. that that thing like, you were my friend once. And then it's all like, no, Tony, I mean, Kara, you know. So. Yeah. That's very, uh, that's very uh, Green Goblin, Spider-Man 3. Of you, man. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I said. We're, I just, we're all trying to we're all trying to forget Spider-Man three. Yeah, I, I just threw up a little in my mouth. I, I apologize. <laughs> um, <laughs> what if they casted Willem Dafoe as his dad? Oh god, <laughs> that would be so funny. It would, be, it would come full circle for us. Is what it would be. All connected. Oh gosh, uh, Gascles, what did you think of the uh, the final shot of Kara's uh, aunt and her uh, her army coming after Kara and kind of leaving us with that cliffhanger. What do you, what do you, what do you think of that? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, well, they're going to fight. Are we going to get you... resolution? No, I mean, that'll get, well, it's, it's, it was, it was signed on for uh, 13 episodes, right? So they come back after yeah. the break and do five, I guess. I think they were ordered a full season. Yeah. Didn't they get oh, ordered they get a bump? 20? They got a full season order. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, congratulations to them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they were initially only 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 ordered 13. Yeah, you're correct. Guess, you're correct. Yeah. And then I guess ratings got them the, the extras. That's awesome. Um, you know, no, I think it'll I think it'll carry you through all season into the finale. I hope I, I hope they're going to do it the way they have done it through the first half, which I think has been excellent, which is which is pop them in, get the tension, have a quick fight, and then just have them go away. Because, um, you know, I, I, I definitely do not agree with the with the massive avalanche of angst that there is over Arrow Season 3. Um, but I will say my, my problem that I did have with Arrow Season 3 is that contrary to Arrow to Seasons 1 and 2, they, they drug the whole principal-villain arc out. They started it far earlier than they had in seasons two and one, um, as, as far as at the point where like the reveal is made or whatever, um, because that whole Rachel Ghoul thing was spun up like in October or November or December or whatever, and it, and it dragged on too long. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I hope that they don't do that. I hope she has this encounter with them and then they go away for another, you know, three or four episodes and then show up one more time and then have kind of the final climactic battle yeah that's certainly uh looks like where it's going um all all i'm gonna say uh to wrap up the supergirl talk is uh just i am gonna go crazy i'm gonna go batshit crazy if we see martian manhunter supergirl and the flash all standing together i'm just cbs make that shit happen because that would be the coolest thing ever um and, and i didn't even say bring it an arrow yet but but i mean just those three I mean, it's already like you know, it, it's it, 
there's always talk there's already talk about it but it's just I'm I'm like I'm like having all these nergasms over that that vision so <laughs> I, no I'm dude just, it's just Constantine's gonna pop up in oh. all those like shows <laughs> like he'll never have his own show but they'll call him like once a season <laughs> oh this is a little weird man magical yeah. uh, let me just call up a guy I know from back in the day and play Constantine music. will fix it. Constantine took yeah. care of that. Just, yeah. Constantine will fix it. <laughs> oh, God. Love that guy. Um, so, uh, as Gas Queens was uh, talking about Arrow, let's talk about this past week's Arrow, which um, I thought was very, very good. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I was I'm talking to quite a few people. I know Sarah I've talked to you about it. Um, but I feel like this season three, or season four, uh, has been such an improvement over season three. So, it's been so good. Uh, they've improved Oliver's character. They haven't. I feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I don't. I feel like they've really calmed down the Felicity Oliver thing. It's it's it's. I, I don't feel like it's taking over the show. Um, it's a big part of the story, but I don't think it's taking over the show. Um, but I did enjoy this 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 uh, winter finale. I think it left us with a very very good cliffhanger. One that I I, I don't know if this is wrong to say or not, but I think we could have all saw this coming. Um, and no, it doesn't, you know, even it happened with Felicity getting shot up, but we, you know, we don't, whether it happened that way or another way, I think we could have all imagined this happening somehow. I know we've all been theorizing, uh, who is in the grave and, and, you know, they're, they're teasing us, uh, even more in the promos following the episode with Oliver standing over a grave, which we saw back in the first episode. Um, Sarah, I'll start off with you. What did you think of, uh, what did you think of, of the Felicity uh, getting shot up and 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 leaving it with her bleeding out and I mean did you did is would you prefer it to go down that way or were you thinking it would happen another way? What like her getting hurt? Yeah. Uh, well, see, I didn't attend Heroes Villain Fan Fest, but I did watch all of the YouTube videos in which Stephen Amell described in detail pretty much the whole limousine sequence. So I knew that was gonna get ha- gonna happen. I didn't know that they were gonna shoot at the limousine, but I knew Drummer Boy was gonna play and it was gonna involve a limousine and Felicity would be on the brink of death. But so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I actually enjoyed that scene. I thought it was interesting. Uh, it was very. I, I thought to me that scene was very Godfatherish. And very uh, a sprinkle of Dexter, and and uh, just in case you're wondering, uh, in season four of Dexter, uh, he uh, his the main villain is John Lithgow, and oh, spoilers, hello. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, not spoilers, that part, but spoilers ahead. Spoilers, Dexter season four, which was years ago. I apologize. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, John Lithgow is revealed to be the bad guy, and Dexter is doing his homework on the on on him, and it. Turns out that this guy, John Lithgow, who's like this mass murderer, has like a family. So I thought that was interesting to see Damien going home to his family. Uh, and then, like I said, it has that Godfather-esque uh, style with him. Like, everything looks cool on his side, but he's he's got plans taken care of on, on the other end. Um, Gasquiz, what did you think of, of the buildup and, and uh, uh, him taking everyone that, he, that, that Oliver loves and, and leading up to that final point in the show? So are you talking about the the middle climax, I guess, of yeah, the whole, yeah. like, the gas chamber scene and whatnot? No, not even just that, but even... The kidnapping? That, the kidnapping, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. 
I mean, it was a good episode. You know, I figured something along those lines was going to happen. Because don't, don't those fools get jacked, like, every season? <laughs> yeah. Like, the, uh... they, got, they got group kidnapped in season three. Yeah, I, I want to say that that happens almost every season. Well, last think... year it was Oliver getting stabbed by Ra's al Ghul, and, and we thought he was dead, but, you know. Right, but no, but all, all of them got jacked into, in uh, in Nander Parbat also. They were all... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, they didn't in... get kidnapped. They actually, they were the idiots who were like, right. yeah, we can take on the League of Assassins right. ourselves. And so they brought that on themselves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's not not that dissimilar to what Oliver did with his whole calling out Damien Dark thing. But we'll discuss that in a second. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was, it was fine. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right, no, 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 that's cool. It's cool. Uh, Matt, what did you think of Malcolm coming in? And uh, I, I thought it was hilarious every time he did come in, uh, and his little funny little lines uh, that he did have. Uh, what did you think of him, like dressing up an arrow and, and and really taking charge and, and pretty much ran that whole like uh, rescue operation? Um, I I just wanted to say again, I had so much fun at Heroes and Villains Fan Fest where. <laughs> I still think about that moment where he jumped off the stage, John John Berriman, and like Moon the panel, and then ran into a, a bouncy house full of children. Um, so it's it's kind of hard to shake that off. Um, so I still feel like Rachel goes a little silly, but I have to like pause the show and like just get into my own character of he is not that person. Um, but uh, I I thought it was cool how he entered the episode, just kind of chilling at the doorway in um. Uh, him and um, Thea had kind of like a, a cute back and forth that was kind of fun. He's like, just checking in on you, see if you want to murder anyone, because I know some people. So that was so kind of funny. That to me was a, was a little jarring um, and a little sketchy. Like, as as you know, as venomous as the relationship has been between those two, as recently as like within an episode or two. For all super buddy-buddy out of nowhere. Yeah, for her to wish him a Merry Christmas and smile about it, you know, I I kind of accepted it and let it go, and I was like, yeah, well, maybe even, maybe Thea just softens up for the holidays or something. It it was just, it it was a little disjointed for me. She could be just super revealed that she doesn't have, she feels she doesn't have the bloodthirst anymore, so she's like, whatever, I guess, now. Well, then, and another thing, there were some things I just honed in on that scene. There were things, little things that I honed in on that scene because there was that initial sketch up front. But his whole thing of like, you know, there are very few things in this world that scare me. And I'm like, dude, you show up every episode you show up. When he appears, he says, this scares me. Like, this is, be, you know, Jamie the doesn't know anything me. about this. It's like, that's kind of the only reason for him to show up in an episode is when, like, crap is at a point where, like, even he and the League don't get it. So, I don't know. I, I like him, and I like with forces. Even I don't understand. <laughs> even I, John. Bar- I mean, Rayshawn Gould. Um, and then yeah, when he was in his uh, little getup at the end, he's like, "Is that Dad?" I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh man!" I was like, "How?" For a second, I thought I missed a scene because I looked away real quick. I was like, "Oh, did Oliver do a quick like change or something like that off stage?" But uh, I was like, "Oh no, that's totally not him." Um, I thought it was kind of funny. I wrote in my notes um, the the green Al Ghul. Uh, <laughs> Huh? Pretty yeah. good? No? Green uncle? Okay, sorry, guys. Uh, but yeah, um, I thought it was cool that he came back to, like, help, and I liked, um, in that kind of sense, too, um, when, um, uh, Chief, or Chief, or 
Detective Lance? No, not Cap- Detective. Cap- Captain, Captain Lance Captain. came and, then, you know, after that whole speech about, you know, um, that's not how parenting works. I'll always protect you kind of thing. And he showed up anyway, so that was kind of nice. So, and by the same token, um, uh, that that fight with uh, Damian Dark versus uh, Rachel Ghoul and the Green Arrow Guard was was pretty fun. Um, the effects when um, Damian Dark stopped the arrow, I was really impressed by that. Actually, I don't know that that little detail stood out that they did the effect on that really well. It was very effective. It was kind of cool. Uh, I don't know what you guys think also which, about that scene. Well, which was good because you know you mentioned um, the the Martian Man, and I did look at that picture again. Um, when, as you guys were talking to the rest of the Supergirl section, that it looks to me like it's a dude in in a mask or in makeup. Oh, so it wasn't computer generated. That's interesting because yeah, I yeah. that was my immediate thought. I was like, oh, what is this? What is this video game doing in my <laughs> live action television? So I'll I'll go back and look at it, and I'll probably watch the show for a third time again and see uh, how <laughs> the, I feel about it again. The only reason I bring that up is because you mentioned you know the good of the effects. I, Whatever effects we saw this week, um, none of them bothered me because uh, because polymorphic uh, Oliver swimming underwater um, in this episode just like drove me nuts. Like that to me was poorly done. I totally forgot about that. (laughs) I was like, because he, you know, he was swimming like a like a porpoise underwater. I'm like, is he Aquaman? I mean, what's going on? And then you know. He was moving so quickly, and it was clearly so CG that it just uh, everything else this week that looked like crap from a CG perspective got a pass. You know, something I feel like is kind of going overlooked with with uh, the Malcolm scene uh, is when he runs into Lance in the Arrow Cave. And, oh yeah, that was funny. And, and I think people forget that Lance no thinks that Malcolm's dead, like everyone else. Right. And then right. holy shit! Oh my god! There's Malcolm Merlin. Alive and well, and oh, he just took my gun from me and has a gun in my back. Uh, I thought that was really interesting because they they were really they subtly threw that in there, like oh, I'm not dead. And I love how he was like, he was like, how did you like? He he had the phone to give to Oliver to call Damien. He's like, how did you get that? I'm Ross Al Ghul. It was just yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome line, like probably the best line of the week. Yeah, just like, don't question me, I'm Ross Al Ghul. I thought that was great. Um, <clears throat> I, I really I really really uh, enjoyed that scene. Um, now, uh, did anyone kind of feel like it, that Laurel was very much a useless character in this episode? Because, and I'm not trying to be mean, because I like Laurel Lance. I like Black Canary. But, okay, so at the party, Oliver puts her on the phones. Like, nowhere near where she can be to help out. Um, also, uh, when when he goes crazy, when he gets pissed off that Damien takes everyone... Um, and uh, and and kidnapped her. And he he goes after the ghost to get find out. He goes back to you know his 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 uh, arrow cave. And who's there? Laurel without her gear on. I'm like what? Oliver, you have Laurel right there to help you find everyone. Why aren't you using her? Um, and then oh yeah, at the end when uh, Oliver says I I owe Malcolm a big thank you. Laurel's like I help too. Like. <laughs> What are you doing to the Black Canary? Yeah, you I was very confused same, by that. You put her on the same level as Oliver, supposedly, and then you completely oh my misuse God. her character. You completely misuse her character in this episode. I was just, I don't know. What do you? She want did to have say? some weak ass lines. I was very sad. I was like, I was really disappointed by this. So I don't know. Sorry, she totally nailed like... her scene with uh, Quentin, though, which is no, kind of nice. Good. That was good. That was yeah. good. Um, like I said, I really like 
uh, the Black Canary, but I felt she was completely misused in this episode. Sarah, what did you think? I hear you wanting to chime in quite a bit there. No, it'll land me in dark waters. Um, <laughs> no pun intended thank you. there, right? Well played. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> no, um, it's funny that you find her to be very ineffective because, well, yeah, they put her on the phones because they needed the canary cry to break the glass. So that's they didn't they couldn't have Laurel be in the chamber with everybody else. They needed her to come in at the end and to do the cry uh-huh. so that they would be able to. So it was a plot device. So in that sense, they actually yeah, used her pretty well done <laughs> or yeah. pretty well. That, that but, was the point. That was the point in the episode. I literally stood up uh, in my room and clapped when when she did the canary cry to break the glass because I, I I think that's like the best like superpower thing on TV. I, they do they've gone through periods where they don't use it enough and they used it three times this episode. And I thought it was awesome. I was just disappointed that she was like Oliver's there taking trying to take dudes out to find information and she's just like oh no chilling I, in her jeans. And... I I completely agree with you and that stuck out to me too. But then again, she's like, I despise that character. So <laughs> I, I watch every episode like, what are you doing here? <laughs> but whatever. I just felt like they just, I don't know. I, I mean, I agree that she did have a pretty, pretty big part when they were breaking everyone out. But beyond that, <laughs> um, I'm like, come on, guys. She's, she's, she's not like just something there you use when you feel like it. I just yeah, that, I, that kind I, of made I, me mad. I felt like Matt. I, I felt like her scenes with Lance, and I think there were two. Um, that that the strength of those scenes overrode maybe the weakness of the other scenes, and, and I just feel like overall this season, when I think about it as a trend, I, I think I think Katie Cassidy um, overall and and how they're using Canary is on is on an upward slope. But yeah, minimally, don't put yeah. her in the forefront. Because, like, season two and season one, she was the biggest weakness of the show because you tried to force the viewers to like her. And I'm not just, I'm not talking about, like, comic book viewers, but viewers who, coming into the show, had no idea who Black Canary is or who Black Canary is supposed to be in the book. So, no faith. And then you present her as Laurel Lance, and that's kind of where my resentment comes from. Right. So, so even seeing her in costume, and that's why in season three and season four, there's a dramatic dis- difference of the amount of screen time she has, and that's why she's much more bearable because she's yeah. not in the forefront. And and maybe for me, it's that effect of you know when when somebody or something crappy makes a arguably slight improvement it feels like it's a significant improvement because they are coming right. from such a low level so right okay. and I, I i agree like laurel her best scenes have always been with either her father or her sister like using the lance family dynamic is interesting but it's always felt disjointed from the main show and when they try to force them together it gets very melodramatic and very soap opera-ish with all of the love triangles and the the resentment and the lies and the secrets and all that so um, I have I like yeah. I have taken them with... off I have taken them off the execution list though for temporarily for now I no longer feel like right. they just need to be lined up and shot I just don't know where they go from here though Oh like, they go to their own they go. They go to their own reality show that airs right after the Kardashians. Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I, I see what you guys are pointing. Maybe I was reading into it too much, but 
that bugged me when Oliver was like taking everyone out and she wasn't she wasn't included. That kind well, of thing, but what what bothered me the most about that sequence was the editing of it. The editing was so crappy during like once they break out. You see Oliver with Felicity, Thea, and Diggle, and then Canary's there. And then the next thing you know, you're watching Damien Dark take on Maka Merlin. And then the next thing you know, Oliver Queen then is getting, like, the shit beat out of him. And, oh yeah, wait a second, did anybody else catch the sloppy editing while... Damien Dark is punching Oliver's face. And then there's a shot of Stephen Amell, like, reacting as if he was just punched, but he wasn't. We don't see a fist. It was It was just, it took me right out. Like, sorry. Yeah, I didn't really, like, <laughs> I really did enjoy how the episode looked either. Until the very end, like, how oh, we were mentioned at the beginning of the segment was like, and it was then with the credits rolling out. <laughs> That's not what I mean. The ending scene with like, the lemon bleeding scene. out. <laughs> no, I, I agree. It was uh, it's like a, a jarring. Did you say jarring? That was like the word, I guess, for this episode. It's like back and forth. And yeah. I think he had a, he, I had more fun like listening to the episode than watching it. Besides, yeah. you know, Felicity's awesome hair, like hair game right. on point. Even when she was like bleeding out of her mouth, she had perfect hair. So it was... Um, it's pretty great, but yeah, it was. I agree. Yeah, I, I noticed that um, that initial reaction to the fist. So I was like, did they like really punch him or something, or did they tell him he was gonna punch him? Because uh, that was a little strange. Um, Very yeah. unfinished. <laughs> you know, uh, I wanted to bring something up, and I figured this might be a good time to do it. Um, one of our uh, one of our very loyal listeners, um, Alishaba, she's at Speedy Canaries on Twitter. Uh, she pointed out something to me. She sent me this uh, message on Twitter this morning about uh, some of the <clears throat> some very interesting details that I hadn't even recognized. And I saw this episode twice, and I didn't notice this at all. So um, I wanted to read what she sent me, uh, and I think it's very interesting that everyone hears. I know I sent it all to you guys. But for our listeners, she put, <clears throat> Dear people who make Arrow, tonight's episode was, as a whole, a good episode. However... There were a couple of moments that I must bring up. I speak only for myself, but I don't think I'll be alone in my thinking. We all speculated during the week if you were really going to put Felicity in a gas chamber. There are several Jews who work on your show, and I couldn't believe they would let such a tasteless and tactless thing happen. I thought maybe they would suck the air out. It would still be horrific, but it would it wouldn't be reminiscent of the nightmare my people endured during the Holocaust. So we start the episode, and in general, I'm fine with all the... Hanukkah-ness you shoved in. Could have been better, could have been far worse. But someone in the costume department should have gotten the memo that putting a sweater with a yellow Star of David on a Jew is a big no-no. I was so surprised. It's such a small thing, but it's also such an obvious marker. Who would let that happen, honestly? Okay, one vague reference was that was that prob- reference that was probably an oversight. We still have the whole Felicity gets kidnapping thing. Then you have the audacity to have Damien speak of how great the Nazis were. That he perfected the gas chamber. Then he proceeded to gas someone in loose prison pajamas. At least they weren't stripped. Then you actually do it. You put a black man and a Jew in a gas chamber and then proceed to begin to kill them. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm so beyond offended. If I were, if it weren't for Katie, Laurel, Willa, Thea, I, wouldn't qu- I would quit without a second thought. How dare you? And on a Jewish holiday about being persecuted. Yes, we the small defeated the mighty. The irony isn't lost on me. But I absolutely cannot believe these scenes were written and given their blessing by those on high. 
The Holocaust, gas chambers, starting over, and perfecting the human race aren't things you see as a plot device. This is my history. It was my race that was almost eradicated. It was my people who are still reeling from this horrific event. How dare you use it to further your romantic villainous plot? I'm embarrassed to call myself an Arrow fan tonight. I realize you'll probably not read this or care, care about the thoughts of one viewer, but you'll know you'll know how wrong you were tonight. Um, this is very interesting. I, I didn't even notice a lot of these things. I'll be perfectly honest. And... Uh, it's, it's very, very, very interesting. Uh, Matt, let me start with you. What did you think of Alicia, Alicia's comments and, and did it make you look at, at that scene in particular any differently? Yeah. So I saw that before actually watching the episode and I read it in, in the entirety and I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. And I didn't, I guess I didn't, um, I didn't realize that they they were going to talk about it outright, that Damien Dark was going to talk about the Nazis. I was like, oh, they're not going to be so much on the nose about it. And he and they really were, and I was very, very surprised, especially on a holiday episode. We just, like, saw, like, um, Felicity talking about, you know, got to rep my heritage and stuff like that. And, and then to go into a scene where after she gets kidnapped and being put through that, I'm like... Is this a did like how did this go over someone's head? You know, like it was it was too on the nose. And um, I thought about it after watching the episode, um, and I made a list. Feel free to add or subtract or edit or redact some of the. Uh, oh, I got the wrong notes up. Um, some of the movies that I that I wrote down um, that kind of also use these kind of things, but they're not on the nose about it. Um, let me see here. So I got Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Ronan the Accuser, um, people going against like his belief system. He eradicates them. Um, so kind of shades of that. Um, and then there's also uh, Age of Ultron. Ultron talking about the next step of human evolution. Shades again of the Nazi code, but they didn't. He didn't quote you know um, any like other doctrine and then like in Tron Legacy the programs are invading the living world because um they feel they're superior. They're a superior race. Um these are all examples of movies and TV shows or these are just movies, but there's also some other TV shows where they use like shades of that kind of ideal to further along like to make the 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 bad guy even more bad, make him like really at the root evil. Um, but they're never so much on the nose about it as this episode. And I think that was where I was very surprised that they just brought it right out in the open. And it seemed like they were um, exploiting that just to be like super dark and like make, you know, Damien Dark like really, really evil. And I I totally agree with like with Aleshiva's feelings, like how like I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm out of the Jewish faith, but I can definitely... I'm a little embarrassed also to say that I'm I'm an Arrow fan after this week because if I didn't see that, I wouldn't have noticed it. If I didn't see her tweet that out, I wouldn't have noticed in the episode. And that makes me rethink how I watch television shows that kind of use um, like American history or it's not American history, but uh, world history, you know, and, you know, bring in shades of that just to further along a plot device for entertainment. And that makes me kind of rethink and like encouraged me to look closer at these things and and um you know kind of see it more clearly and kind of pick and choose what I call entertainment because I was very very upset by that. 
Um, Sarah, what were your thoughts on it? Um, I I sympathize with her. I saw that tweet too, and um, right after I watched the episode, I got onto Twitter, and um, I've seen other fans also um, speak about that even before the show aired, and it was jarring to see like to see them actually do that and and everything. I I have a hunch as to why they did it. I don't. I'm not condoning it by any means. Um, it is pretty tasteless, and I think that they they went too far with that. But um, I have a hunch to know why, in the grand scheme of things, they're doing that. But let's get other people's thoughts before I say talk about that. Okay, uh, guess please. Um, so let me first preface what I'm going to say with uh, I, I am I'm definitely somebody who's of the very strong mindset, um, you know, particularly in the workplace and in places of leadership that I've served that um, is absolutely in no one's right. And I would never suggest um, to to try and define for someone what they should be offended by. Um, you know, everybody gets offended by what they get offended by. It's not something to be deconstructed and parsed and. Um, and and validated by by someone else. That's everyone's own right to make those choices. Um, I, I will say, I did not find the things offensive. Um, I felt that things that they did were purposeful um, and and meant to invoke a certain amount of thought and reflection. Um, the 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 you know that identifying the show as entertainment. And 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 I'm not saying anyone said this. I'm I'm, I'm saying this is the way I'm interpreting it. Identifying the, identifying the show as 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 entertainment, and and saying that there is then no room for it to use historical retrospective um, to to force people to consider things that have been real within the context of the entertainment is something that I don't do. Um, I think I think it's permissible for a form of entertainment to lean on historical reference and say. Hey, this is a really horrible thing that happened. Um, you know, first of all, let let us let us use that to indicate just how evil this purpose this person is to set them apart from from past stories, and also represent what the heroes are really up against, um, and 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 how the rest of that universe may need to get involved. I think I think I'm not positive when the, when that when that monologue of Damien Darks was there. The line that I keyed in on was that. In his youth, he studied the Nazis because the thing that amazed him was how long the rest of the world allowed that evil to persist. And, and everything else for me that, that, that was evoked out of that was pinned to that, was that as evil as the Nazis were, everyone of that time period has to be questioned for how long they allowed it to go on. And, and so, and so, and so, like everything else, it bled out as as okay. Now we're going down a path where we're kind of forcing people to reconsider this. You know, if if when there when there are these great evils that go on, you know, and and, and the topic of African Americans was brought up in this context. There's a lot of bad things going on with African Americans right now that 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 forces me to literally, you know, I I often think and I think about my daughters and I say. I don't really have to worry about a, 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 a about a world in which African Americans are enslaved again and put back and put in prison camps, right, or detention centers. But 
a lot of the things that have gone on this year have caused me to say, I don't know that I should necessarily accept that, right? That, you know, and maybe there's something that I should be doing or saying to help ensure that that doesn't happen. But, but at any rate, you know, that's, that's how I kind of read the stuff. The, the guy coming in in the pajamas and, 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 and I was a history major in undergrad. I immediately keyed in on that he was in, um, you know, that he was in uh, detention camp, you know, Nazi detention camp kind of garb. Again, I thought that was meant to, to shockingly invoke you to, to think about, you know, what the story that they were telling. Um, so that's just kind of how I did And I didn't take anything away from the African-American being in the gas chamber with a Jewish person. They were in a gas chamber last season. Right when they when they got captured by the League of Assassins, um, I, again la, last se- now last season I felt that was nothing but a plot device, right, to move that story along. This season I felt I felt it was done deliberately, and even though it has, it had essentially been done before, it was done this time in a very different way and with a very different preamble. And again, I think it's I think it's to force you to think about the story that they're telling. And yes, while it's all fun and we have the Oliver Felicity stuff and the romance and you know, all the other stuff that we kind of giggle about and talk about, um, there's a serious element to this story and, and to the evil that they're portraying. Um, and I felt like that's what this content was hooked to. All right. Thank you, guys, please. Uh, Sarah, did you want to uh, say some more? Do we have time to un like unbox that whole theory spiral, Pete? <laughs> Do we? Because you know, know like, know. That'll, that'll get out of control. That's true. That's true. Maybe we'll just end it on that then. Um, as you can hear, like we have a lot of varied opinions, uh, but it, it certainly is something that raises an eyebrow, um, and you can see both sides. And I think that's the that was the good thing about talking about this. And um, and even if you hadn't noticed, maybe you'll go back and watch and, and maybe pay attention a little more. I think I will because, like I said, I watched this twice and I didn't notice anything. Um, I don't think that means I'm wrong in any way. I just think that means that I got so captivated by what was going on in the show. That I didn't even think about that. Um, I, I I looked at it in terms of just being a comic book TV show, but at the same time, there are real-world elements put in the show to move the story forward, and I think that's what... Um, I, I think there's just a lot of that in there that, that, that is being uh, debated on, and as you can hear, Agascles and Matt and Sarah talk about... Uh, it's just, it just represents all the different ideas of or the thoughts of, of, that, of, of how that all went down, so... So with that all being said, let's move on to uh, the mid-season finale of The Flash. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I enjoyed Supergirl, Arrow, and I'll even say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. more than I enjoyed the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm sorry, the Flash winter finale. The Agents of Flash. It kind of feels like that sometimes. Um, I don't know. know. Like, it was good. You know, I'm not going to say it was bad. Like, I have never really not enjoyed an episode of The Flash. But... This show is normally pretty cheesy, um, but I felt like they laid the, the cheese on thick in this episode. And I, I think that's why I enjoyed to. it the most well, see, out of it, everyone. I, it, this whole episode with, with you know, the three-on-one villain thing, uh, well, it began two-on-one when Stark didn't want to play ball with the other villains. Um, uh, I, I felt like an episode like this could have been pushed back to later on in the season. I... I, I, I kind of wish they had kind of stepped going. I, they could they could have went more into Zoom and, and Barry's, uh, the, their whole relationship, and, 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 you know, being against each other. And I, I think I talked to you this about this, Sarah. Like, 
the Enter Zoom episode, this would have that would have made a great winter finale. Like, That's can you what imagine? I told you. Wait, <laughs> sorry. No, but we talked. We talked about <laughs> I, this. Stuff. I know we talked about it, but I want credit because I that's what I I'm said. Not, I'm not Don't worry. Credit. I, I Don't worry. Memory. It's it's posted for everybody to read <laughs> on the gww.com, so it's okay. Yeah. See, Sarah, Pete is the host of the show, so he gets all the credit of everything that we talk about. This is how it works. Oh, no, I feel not, really bad. Not, 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 not. <laughs> Good and bad. <laughs> no, but um. No, but I think you're right. That that should have been. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine the way that episode ended, being the oh. winter finale of this season? I would uh, be so excited. I mean, every. I mean, it would have just been. It would have been so great. But they they really they really took that. Everything took a back seat to uh, Weather Wizard and uh, Trickster and Captain Cold coming to to try to kill the Flash, which. For some reason, they thought that was a good story in the middle of this winter finale. I don't know, but I was a little disappointed on this. Um, Sarah, you sound like you're anxious to talk. <laughs> well, I wrote the recap review, and going into it, I was, I was very upset. I wasn't upset. I was just like, that happened. Okay, so because you're ending the episode, which is going to be the final note for us going into a month-long hiatus on a concept or a quote-unquote reveal that we already knew. We already know that what Zoom wants is the speed force. So just the small connection of, oh, you're fattening up him up. And then to leave us on that note, what does the majority of the viewers now think? This sounds really familiar. Oh, yeah, because the evil guy from last season, like, was doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Was mentoring Barry to make him get stronger, to make him get faster. So it just, it was very underwhelming. And I think that's where a lot of the... um anger against the flash comes from or any anybody who says they hate it that being said it's still a very well constructed show mm -hmm. and the characters the characters give great performances joe killed it this episode oh, iris was great barry was great but and you know why they use the rogues this to end this i mean you have mark hamill what's coming out next friday yeah. star wars <laughs> That's a very but, good point. <laughs> but wait a second. Since when did the Flash struggle in ratings? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's a great point. And, and also, I think it was a little bit also to remind people, hey, Captain Cole's going to be in Legends of Tomorrow, you guys. Just, just, a, just a quick reminder. Because he's there for like five minutes and then he's gone. And then it becomes Weather Wizard and Trickster yeah. versus the Flash. Yeah. Um, Agascles, do you uh, agree, disagree? What did you, what did you think of this uh, winter finale? Uh, like, I mean, kind of like you guys said, I thought I thought it was a good episode. Um, I I just think a lot of Flash episodes are are good. Um, and and I think I said uh, a while ago that that's kind of one of my not concerns, but just you know the the show is consistently good, but then it sometimes fails to harken back to some of the remarkableness remarkableness. I think I can say that of <laughs> of, of the first season. Um, and, and just kind of becomes this uh, mundane trudge. Uh. I, yeah, I, and, and, you know, I mean, I, we're probably going to talk about it in some kind of wrap-up, but, you know, this didn't leave me, like, well, I, I will say, I thought Arrow was a better 
episode. Um, like like you said, Pete, you know, my, my power rankings for the week were Supergirl was one, Arrow was two, and this is three. Um, I, I loved I loved the arrival of Wally West at the end of the show, though. Yeah, um, that was cool. That yeah. was a good note to leave us on, but at the same time, to me, it just it feels so much like season one because. In season one, I struggled with this show during the first half of the season. I'll be honest. I actually stopped watching. There's a few first season episodes I haven't even seen. And then I heard about the Nuclear Man arc with, like, I think episodes 13 and 14 or 12 and 13. Mm -hmm. And that brought me back. And then you had the Out of Time episode which blew my mind. So I was, I was on board from then. So what I imagine with them introducing Wally in in this way that there's going to be like a like an arc a middle arc that's going to really intrigue the viewers and then the rest of the season's going to be great so but still it feels so much like season 1 i can't get over it it's so repetitive and just hitting all those familiar beats which is kind of annoying yeah when the man, zoom... it... oh, go ahead. I was just say man has it hasn't somebody else offered a a concern along those same lines about yeah you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you yeah I know. <laughs> I just like when Zoom at the end told Harrison yeah make him better make him make him faster. I was just like wait wait haven't we seen this before? I was a little yeah uh, Matt what did you think? I had a lot of fun with this episode. Um, maybe just because I get super giddy whenever I see Captain Cold's going to be in an episode because I live for the one liners. Um, it was a. I definitely hear what you guys are coming from. As a mid-season finale, it was the weakest um, of the two, I guess, with Arrow. Um, but I still had fun with the episode. I guess I'm not. I don't. I haven't grown tired with like the same beats because the performances outweigh the, um, you know, the formula. I guess like it's still like pulling at the right heartstrings, and I, I don't mind if it's done the same way i guess or it if it mirrors like last year's um but it doesn't mean that it's not concerning and now that you guys say that aloud for the second time i'm like oh yeah i guess that does kind of suck that if it just hits the same kind of things every time but um my biggest takeaway from this episode besides the awesome one-liners like uh or that awesome like i want to get a poster of wentworth miller holding the reindeer cup (laughs) Like, in him looking super devious. I, I want that framed, signed, and in my room. Because it is just Fair. the funniest, like, juxtaposition of, like, his evil face, smirk, and then just Rudolph's nose just chilling, like, on the cup. So it, it is but, so awesome that we're going to see him. We're going to see him every week. Yes. I'm very, very excited for him to be the same kind of, like... But... Uh, I've seen him every week, but also I was actually most excited about if they're going to do any like lead up to him, you know, turning into a uh, reluctant hero, I guess. Um, Maybe that was the only thing that they needed because maybe that's I mean, maybe because we've seen him so many times that they didn't want to spend a lot of time on him. But they dedicated two whole episodes and two different TV shows to Hawkgirl. And I felt like (laughs) Captain Cold gets five seconds of like, you know what? Oh, it's called no. honor. And then Captain Cold's like, hmm, maybe. No, <laughs> no they, they, there was an episode early on this season where they had his father come in, and yeah. it was Team Flash. 
That was really... Okay. I'm sorry. It was a question. This is actually his third appearance this season, isn't it? Is it his third one? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think so. Oh, no. And the, yeah, because in the Lighter. season premiere, there was that. Premiere, yeah. There was the... Uh, was it a dream? It was a dream, right? Where it's he's a dream. Fighting, he's fighting Captain Cold and Heatwave. It's all a dream, guys. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. We woke up. Oh, my God. It was all Oliver's. It's a flashback on one of Oliver's flashbacks. Barry but screwed I... up time again. But I feel like... Uh, um... I don't know. Maybe I, I can't get enough of Captain Cold. Maybe that's just what it is. I'm I'm fanboying too much. But uh, that's what it was. The the scene between him and Barry in this episode was so great. I Grant Gustin just, like his anger and aggression towards having Captain Cole just break into his house. That was yeah. such a great scene, so which makes not... me like, actually like, I like that. We're going to see more of Captain Cold, but he's not going to necessarily be with Barry. And in this world that they've created, mm-hmm. which makes me sad. <laughs> Captain Cold Barry scenes are so good. Like yeah. you, you mentioned the episode with his dad, the scene where the flash goes up to meet him. And then, like, mm-hmm. he's looking around, and he's like, Barry! Like, he, like, lifts his shoulders. It was so funny. And then he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so, and that kind of goes back into this episode, and um, how, I, I like how he was, uh, he was broken out, and then he was like, nah, there's nothing in it for me. And then um, the whole honor thing was kind of nice. Um, but uh, also, like, another thing I wanted to mention was um, the... Uh, the one when um, Iris and Barry call over Joe, and sorry, Pete, if you're going to segue into this, but I guess I'm doing it for you, um, <laughs> where Iris and, and, and Barry bring over Joe, and, and Iris tells Joe that he has a son. Um, I pulled some parallels between Joe's, not parallels, but um, I want to compare Joe's reaction to the news and then Oliver's news about having a son. Hmm. Hmm. I wanted to compare those two with you guys. Uh, from what we learned from Oliver reacting at his son, he kept it a secret. He was super obvious that he's keeping it a secret. And he went by himself. Um, and then when Joe found out, he kind of did the same. But the way that he reacted to hearing the news was completely different. Um, I took it as um, he calmly apologized for being momentarily selfish by walking away from them. And I thought that was a nice touch and it's very Joe of him to do that to say I'm sorry let me just sit with it but when I mean I know it was like a different timeline but when Oliver said it um, Oliver got frustrated and then he just says can I just have a minute to process this and was like yelling and he was kind of pleading and he was like there, frustrated there was always, a lot more going on in that scene I'm sorry to cut you off Matt, there but, was there was I, I just I wanted to I, I took a second to see those two and yeah they're he, Obviously, Oliver had more on his mind. <laughs> but, um, but I don't know. I, I think it. I think it. Both both scenes showed their characters well and how they deal with pressure. Does that is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, and I did think it was interesting that last week on Arrow we had similar story and and that you know we have one of our characters finding out that he's a father. Um, you know, I don't know if this matters at all, but do you? But you know, we have Oliver finding out he has a son who's who's nine years old versus Joe who's who's got a son who's I don't know in his 20s do you think the age matters at all do you think it matters or do you think uh, uh, Sarah do you think it, it's it's all the same it's 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 just that it's just knowing that they have uh, somebody around that they didn't know they had 
I think there's a lot of differences in the sense that Joe has Iris and raised Iris and Joe has Barry. Mm-hmm. Barry is Joe's That's son. True. So there's that. There's also this idea. Joe never even had a, an inkling idea that um, I'm blanking on her name was pregnant when she left. Francine. 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 Yeah. Francine. Yep. Oliver got like hooked up with this girl, um, cheating on Laurel again. And then he finds out that she's pregnant and then she tells her that she she lost the baby so he's gone through that and so the realization that his son is out there is very different than not not even than joe's because joe never even knew that was a possibility so i i I think there's a lot of on it closed it does that make sense right right there's a lot more differences and that's something that happened pre-island so there, there's that, and now the, that Oliver's dealing with issues in regards to his his alter ego and having a kid and wanting to be in the kid's life, but also wanting to protect the kid from the danger that his life includes. So there's there's that. Joe's a police officer, so so I'll give you that. But there's there's not that other secret super alter ego identity at play with Joe and the, and and Oliver has felicity in his life and so there's a secret being kept because she doesn't know about it Joe doesn't have somebody who's he's in a relationship with at this point so there's no secret to be kept so there i i i understand where Matt's coming from, but I, I just, I, all I see are differences comp- um, across the board on that. Yeah, I think I, I just looked at face value because now I realize that one, yeah, Joe doesn't have an, an you know, um, as far as we know, he doesn't have a secret identity. Um, but also that Zoom. Joe kind of no. knows. <laughs> yeah, whoa, what? Oh. My oh. Um, Sorry. He, um, he knows like who he is. He's a dad. He's very confident in his parenting skills. He took on another child in a crisis situation, and he was okay with it. Um, and then kind of what you mentioned early, in a couple episodes ago is that Oliver's trying to figure out how to be Oliver mm-hmm. and not be the arrow. And um, so, yeah, like I, I definitely see that there's a lot of differences, and even just the way that the information was given to him. So, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, what really sold the, that whole – what sold all that for me was the performance of Jesse L. Martin. Uh, he was just so good, so good good (laughs) when they told him and then, you know, with Wally arriving at the door, um, God, that was just such, I I mean, I, I even tweeted out, I don't, I I said something like, uh, I don't, I I love Jesse L. Martin so much His his acting on the flash just takes the show to a whole other level. He does it on his own. Right. Um, That's how good he is. What Uh, what is that? What is that dude not up for an award? No kidding, yeah. right? I mean, as much as I loved, like, you know, um, oh, God, uh, the actor who played Barry's dad. Um, John Wesley Shipp. John Wesley Shipp, thank you. As much as I loved him, you know, like, his scenes with Barry, how good he was, God, just Jesse L. Martin just is so good every single time. The, uh, the scene where he's talking about 
when Iris's appendix broke, um, burst and he knew he was going, something was wrong with his child. And then he's like, but I didn't like, if I have that instinct as a parent, then why didn't I realize I had a son and all that? That was just beautiful. But can we get to the moment that really stuck out to me as being the best moment with, in regards to Barry and when he goes and, after talking with Joe and seeing how Joe's been able to make peace with old wounds from Francine by, by confronting her and hashing things out and forgiving her. He then goes and sees Harry and has that speech about forgiveness. And even though he hates him and even though this isn't him, he still forgives him. Granted, I pointed out this in my article. Yeah, okay, you forgive Harrison Wells, but I don't think you forgive Eobard Thawne. They're two, <laughs> two different people, so that's fine. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's interesting. And, and that scene was well acted, uh, but, you yeah. know, and, and there's a few things that went on this week in particular. Um, it was well acted, but it, it to me, it, it didn't hit me with the drag effect because the whole time I'm thinking... Way to go to forgive him, dude. But uh, two weeks from now, he's going to be, you know, stabbing you in the back. Two weeks in yeah. showtime, not in real time. So I felt I, t- I felt kind of saddened because I was like, this is great. This is a nice character moment. But, you know, when this when he when when he gets on the on the betrayal train, you know, you're going to be right back in the same spot. So kind of why are we doing this? To get on the betrayal train. You have yeah. to have that moment in order for the betrayal to be seen as a payoff. Yeah. I guess it's much more I mean, sad. I, they just want us to cry every week. That's just how they want Matt to cry every week. <laughs> Mission accomplished, <laughs> yo! Like laughter, crying from emotion. I'm dead like, on the inside. I don't cry. What? No. Cisco just man, that guy's never gonna catch a break. Crying for him. <laughs> well, well, on that note, Sarah, of you using that line is you know the and I'm backtracking a little, but because we. Okay. We, we didn't talk about it, but I guess maybe kind of the, the wrap-up of how, like, how we all felt about the season, mid-season, well, the Flash and Arrow mid-season finale, because Supergirl has one more episode. Um, like, you know, like, I couldn't I couldn't react to the Felicity thing. I, I couldn't even be bothered to go, you know, oh. is she really going to wind up dead? Is she really going to blah, blah, blah? And I, and I know, I'm sure that there are things that some of you guys know, I, I don't... I don't track all that stuff like outside of the show. I just watched the show, so um, but like I couldn't react to that because of having now lived through the Glenn thing on The Walking Dead. Oh God! Right? So <laughs> don't mention don't me, Glenn. Don't get me started on that. Don't get me started on that again. <laughs> it's a bad word. Back away! Back away! Put The Walking Dead Pete, down. Don't listen. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 which I dealt with, and I processed, and at the end of the day, I wound up getting to a place where I'm, I'm okay with it. However, what it, what it leaves me with is like I can't be bothered to expend any energy being saddened by the potential loss of a of a main character. Like I feel like if like a secondary character gets off, and I consider Felicity a main character, I feel like if a second tier or third tier character gets off, off, then maybe that's going to stick. But. Um, you know, after The Walking Dead did it and then backpedaled away from it, like, I, like I can't be bothered anymore. At least, you know, not right now. No, I, so, I, to- I totally agree with you. Yeah, so so between that, I guess between between that and and, and how this episode ended, because um, Pete, you, I don't know if it was in the pre-show or if you opened the show with, 
you know, that these shows, we're going to be fiending right now because these shows are off the air until, like, mid-February. I don't uh, really... End of January. What comes back so in we, January? All these shows come back in January. Yeah. January well, 19th. Walking Dead's the only one that comes back in February. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, so, at any rate, whatever the span of time is, I'm not bothered by, like, being off for, you know, whatever it is, a, a, a month. Like, I'm not... You know, last season, last season, I was like, oh, dude, I, like, I cannot wait for these shows to start back up. Um, but now I'm just like, eh, you know. That's <laughs> you just know, kind of how these finales left me. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I think the thing with the Arrow finale is we speculated to death who's going to be in the grave. That one of the first characters to come to, I think, everyone's mind was Felicity. Right. Um, <laughs> God. I think, I think that was everyone's spell. first... That was everyone's first reaction. Now, um, I don't think it's going to be Felicity. I think, in my opinion, I think she's going to survive. I think she's going to get away. And if anyone were to ask me why, to me, and I feel like it's the smoking gun in this whole thing, if you want to go back to the first episode when they're at the gravesite, Oliver and Barry, just look at Barry's reaction. Great. Barry is not torn up. He knows Felicity personally. They are best friends. He is going to be bawling and crying over somebody like Felicity. He is not going to be look detached. He's not going to be look like, like, oh man, I'm sorry, I wasn't here for you. And and you know they had their quick moment and he's gone. Look at that scene, Felicity. Right. It's not Felicity. I'm I'm going to say that right now. It's not Felicity. Nobody oh. said it was Pete. I'm just saying because there are people out there saying that. And then so, the promo. Uh, yeah, make those it look people like can't it. do math. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh yeah, the whole six months thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so what are you, the six months? Are you saying you think that it has already happened, or or no, it's, it's still be coming? So far? Okay, yeah, okay. It's, it's still coming. It's still coming. So that right, is, it wouldn't right. line up. I mean, unless she gets shot and she's a coma for the next couple months, that would be only no. That's that's the only way it would work out. But even then, it's just it wouldn't make any sense at all. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's that's what I think. I, I think I, I think they loved. In the promo after Arrow, throwing in the shot of him at the grave, uh, because I'm sure it made people go nuts. But no, um... I think actually, like, uh, yes, on one point it, uh, to drive the viewers crazy. On another point, it also shows get criticized when they tease a death that isn't going to happen, and then in they show a promo and you see the character in the promo. So to leave <laughs> us with that note. And um, to make it look like she's in the grave, even though the grave scene shouldn't be taking place for another three months. So, so I understand why they did that, and I actually, I actually don't mind that at all. I think that's pretty interesting. But they could have also teased like storylines involving Thea, involving Laurel, involving Quentin, all these other characters. But they focused on that, so. Hopefully they're gonna tease like stories about those characters because again I've said this before I don't know what more they do with those characters like I'm waiting for interest I mean Felicity and Oliver have an arc going right now and that's why I'm very passionate about their story because they always have a clear cut arc I can see it um, I know way too much already about it before I watch episodes but whatever I've I've made my peace with that so. <laughs> I, um, I will say the I will say the one thing that I am feeling after is uh is Dark Oliver, 
because I, I felt I felt in 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 the finale that he hit two points where he was start. It looked like he was going to start careening down that road again, of uh of being Arrow, um, maybe even the Hood, um, and then he kind of backed away from it. But I'm I'm hoping, quite frankly, I'm hoping something happens that leads to him going after Dark's family. Yeah. yeah. How about Felicity being shot and on the brink of death? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A little, uh, little Damien Dark, <laughs> little Damien Dark family being tied up and uh, getting getting the Goodfellas treatment from Oliver. I'd be all for that. Your dad so has sorry. failed this city. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, our our flash talk went to Arrow really quickly because that can that that'll show you how much we uh, how much we enjoyed each and episode. And it wasn't me, week. Pete. It wasn't. It wasn't me. you. It wasn't you. <laughs> Surprisingly, it was not Sarah. No. <laughs> um, Matt, do you want to share your, uh, your last few thoughts here before we wrap up? Uh, are we wrapping up on Flash or Arrow or both? You can, well, since we kind of talked about both, go ahead and... Uh, it's like a... Wrap you know, up on nebulous life, <laughs> You know, like, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the meaning of life. Okay. And, no, um, yeah, so just a couple things that I wanted to make sure everyone else noticed and not just me because I'm a big old nerd, like uh, Kara said. Uh, capital uh, N. Capital N. Um, number one, uh, just... <laughs> I love the uh, Godfather thing where like every every Earth has the Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was so, so far, good. So far, we know three things exist, no matter where. Christmas, or sorry, four things: Christmas, uh, the Godfather, uh, coffee, and a big belly burger. All exist on Earth, no matter what. Uh, that's so that's right. pretty good. That's really true. Uh, and did um, where is it? Where is it? Oh my God, it's in my notes. You I swear to God, it is. I even wrote it down. It down. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, it was something that Cisco said. Where is it? I wrote uh, it down. No, I didn't. <laughs> I super did. Oh my god, where'd it go? I'm sorry. I, I like oh, how... Oh, okay. Pete, you would say this. So, uh, you're, sorry, 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 cut you off. But I f- actually found it. Um, so when they did the whole magnetized thing to find... Oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. that's so stupid. Magnetized. It was, number one, so stupid that I'm like, okay, I'll let it slide because it's so stupid. I love it. No, the Breaking Bad reference was totally yes. fine. It was totally fine. <laughs> I was ready for Cisco to say, yeah, bitch, magnets. <laughs> magnets, bitch. He just that went, was, he just went magnets, was, man. Got that, him. Was, that was an amazing reference. So I love that. Just so, that was... At least we know, hey, that uh, Breaking Bad exists in the uh, Flash universe. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and my last note, um, I wanted to talk about Gas, please. I think you're also on the Team Spivet, right? Team Spivet train. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm all, oh, yeah, totally. I'm all about that. Did how did you feel about her character this week? Because I'm I have mixed feelings. One, I didn't like how she was all like super like gung ho about it. But at the same time, I did because it made a lot of sense. Well, what? 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 I didn't say anything. What did you say, sir? I said, said, that's what I liked. Like, I finally found her interesting. Yeah, like, I I didn't and I did like it at the same time. Like, one, it's like it makes too much sense, but at the same time, it makes sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I expect the show to not make sense. That's why I like it so much. (laughs) So, Did you, so you guys, guys know there was a shark earlier this season? I expected to not. How do you how do you hide a shark that size in Central City? Magnets, <laughs> uh... bitch. <laughs> you guys, oh. um, you guys know he's coming back, yes. right? Yeah, yes. yeah. He's coming back. Yep. With two other friends wearing yeah. camo pants and rope plates. Hint, hint. <laughs> what do you want to say, guys? Please. 
So are you guys saying that you liked the darker edge that they showed to Patty this week? Oh, it was so great. And bad at the same time. But it was I mostly think good. it helped flesh her out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I mean, we already kind of know about her backstory, I guess, a little bit. But this kind of, like, I guess brought everything full circle when she wanted to take out Weather Wizard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to see also, like, because I watched the shows that we covered back to back. Um, Supergirl had a moment like that where she was um, talking down the the, um, the robber, mm-hmm. and then Barry had to talk down, you know, um, Patty. Uh, Patty from shooting uh, the Weather Wizard. So it's just uh, all these heroes that we see just really believe in the good in people, and I think that's really fun yeah. and nice and a nice thing to take home. Nice, nice. That's a that's a nice way to end it, Matt. <laughs> Sunshine and now. rainbows. <laughs> All right, so that is going to do it for our TV talk. Uh, man, um, no no uh, Flash, Arrow, Supergirl um, for a while. Well, actually, no, I take that back. Supergirl, one more episode next week, That's and then, and then, then we're really done. Until the week of, uh, I can't even think of that week. I just know that January 21st, the Legends of Tomorrow starts. That's the only thing I know. <laughs> and it's only yeah, they so... show it during every commercial break of Flash and Arrow. Right. <clears throat> um, so, uh, so okay, so that is going to do it. For, actually, no, we got to do classic movie picks. I almost, I almost cut off things way too early. Um, all right, so let's kick things off with uh, Gasquiz. What do you got for us today? Uh, so my classic movie pick is uh, Real Genius. Um, I closed my page that I had open that had all the information on it, but uh, it's a it's a Val Kilmer flick from. Um, from the 80s, where uh, he plays a child genius who um, is at some prestigious engineering school, like uh, probably MIT or something, where um, he's part of a section where they recruit uh, really young kids, um, and they're winding up trying to use them to create uh, military devices, and he kind of unravels the whole thing. Uh, but he's a complete clown. It's a, it's a total, like, um, I'm so cool, I gotta wear shades kind of, uh, kind of take, much like movies from the 80s were. Um, and I uh, really liked it before he became the Iceman. Nice, nice. Uh, Sarah? Go to Matt. I'm thinking. Oh, hold, okay. on. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Sure, lagging. Pete. I'll, I'll take lagging. this one. Okay. <laughs> um, I got Rumble in the Bronx uh, nice. with Jackie Chan. Um, it's a movie, if you didn't know, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, but it's Rumble in the Bronx. It was made in 1995. Probably earlier, but I guess the American released 1995. Um, stars Jackie Chan, and um, he's just—he's just a guy comes to New York with his uncle, and um, you know, tries to run a grocery store and be a nice guy, but then you know, shit happens, and the nice guy Jackie Chan needs to kick some ass and you know, take some names. And um, there's a uh, fun fact mixed with Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, one of the ladies, uh, leading ladies, is a uh, her name is Francoise uh, Francois Yip. She was actually a priestess in last season's uh, Arrow, uh, in the oh, um, one of the scenes back there as a priestess. So um, check out her IMDb page because uh, has some sweet pictures of her being all in garb and stuff. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that until now. And she looks exactly the same. Uh, fight sequences are totally dope. Uh, I don't know how much time I have to kill for. Uh, no, no, Sarah, you're fine. So I got it. I okay. got it. Wrap so to wrap up, up yeah. Ladder sequence, ladder sequence for the fight scene was the best thing ever made. Uh, go watch it. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Awesome. But watch the movie. You should buy the DVD. It's so good. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Uh, Sarah. 
Million Dollar Baby. Oh, wow. Um, with, yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. And I, I remember watching it in the theaters for the first time because it was right after the Oscars. And me, my dad, and my brothers were just like, what's this Million Dollar Baby all about? Isn't that just another boxing movie? And then we went. And I may have said or or implied that I don't cry. <laughs> There's a scene in that movie, and I think we all know which one I'm talking about, where I couldn't look at the screen <laughs> because I was on the verge of tears. It it just it I love that movie because it's so dramatic and it's so heart wrenching and yet it's so small and such an a fascinating tale and just about these this father-daughter relationship I'm very close to my own father so it hit me hard in that aspect and um and it just Clint Eastwood um I his directing in that movie was so so good and Hilary Swank <clears throat> yeah she was great in that um, right nice nice good pick um all right so I'm gonna go out of left field here well not completely but uh in the spirit of uh, Christmas being around the corner um, <laughs> make this might make you guys laugh. I'm gonna recommend Serendipity. Uh, yeah, it's uh, man, that's a good one. That that's a, a good one. Damn it, that's a good one. Uh, it's with John John Cusack and uh, Kate Beckinsale. Um, it's it's uh, it's a rom com, but it's it's so good. It's 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 really really funny. Uh, plays around with uh, you know uh, things what things are meant to be, what things aren't, and. Uh, has a nice little happy ending out of it uh, at the oh, end, so it's. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely recommend that, especially since it's Christmas time. It's the holidays. That's one you can certainly enjoy with uh, even your family. It's. Uh, oh, yeah. It's very very good. And actually, um, I think I have time for this. Like, uh, I I saw this when it first came out in theaters, and I was on a date, and the date was so bad that I became more interested in the movie <laughs> than the date. So that's something I always like to laugh at because I enjoyed the movie way more than the date. So that is my story for that. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So that is going to do it for our show this week. Um, all right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming on. Um, let's uh, do our usual sign-offs. Uh, Guest, please let everyone know where they can find you at. Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Stamus. That's two S's in the middle. All right, um, Matt. You can find me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at I'm Salzy, I-M-S-A-L-Z-Y. And Sarah. Matt, you should have been like, you can find me on Earth 2. Earth two. <laughs> you can also find me on Earth 2. Long no. pause because I'm lagging. At I'm Salzy. <laughs> No, you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at SJ Belmont, S J V E L M O N T. And um, <laughs> so I know one person here has been listening to the Netflix crew podcast, and I have to talk to him about that later. <laughs> but you can listen to me bicker with the man who shall not be named. Oh, he's going to love that. <laughs> talking There's to the Jessica Dark Lord. Jones. He's called Every... the Dark Lord. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay, and you can find all my opinions about TV and film on thegww.com. All right, thank you very much, Sarah. Uh, you can find me at Pace and Pete on Twitter. You can find us at Scene on Scene and Nerd on Twitter. Go to iTunes, check us out, subscribe, leave a review. 
and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, for everything else, like Sarah said, you can find uh, on thegww.com. God, I can't talk. English is so <laughs> damn hard. Um, thegww.com. You can find all of Sarah's articles. You can find stuff from Gascles. You can find stuff from our show. You can find all kinds of fun stuff, uh, podcasts, articles. It is all there for you. Um, all right. So that is going to do it for our show. Until next week, you have a DVR. Use it. Uh, Facebook. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Um, so since Casey's not here, uh, we're not going to do entertainment news, but I thought we'd, we could talk a little about Mr. Robot being nominated for Golden Globe, which I think is awesome. So. I thought you were going to say, but we can talk about Casey behind his back for one minute. <laughs> well, we can I do that too. I thought you were going to say, Casey's not here tonight, so we're actually not going to record, but we can still talk if you want. <laughs> just have a, just have a ther- uh, therapy session of Arrow. I already had that <laughs> this week. Thank you very much. <laughs> I still don't know how I feel about Arrow. I still don't.